0: She's passionate about helping you become the best mama you can be and is pulling back the curtain on experts advice for every area of our lives, from eating for wellness, the best advice for littles, fashion and style, and everything in between. Get ready to get real. This is Not Your Mama's Podcast with your host, Christina Franci. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of Not Your Mama's podcast. This is episode number 26, and this is the importance of sleep training. In this episode, we are speaking with Andy Metzler, who is a certified sleep sense consultant. Andy, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's such an honor to have you on. Can you give the audience a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are
1: today? Sure. Thank you for having me, Christina. Uh, I have been, gosh, almost six years working with babies and big kids all the way through teaching them to be great sleepers. And of course, it all started with my own two kids who were horrible sleepers. Like, that's why everybody gets into this. You yeah. had it rough with your kids. And so um, long story short, I struggled on my own with my son, it took forever to get him sleeping through the night. When I had my daughter, I vowed I was going to do it differently. Uh, it took some time before I got there and I found a program and a coach changed my life. And within a few months, I had gone out to Florida, got certified. And then a few months after that, quit my teaching job. And here we are six years later.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah. We need people like you. I mean, I struggle still to this day with sleeping. I mean, it has gotten a little bit better, but my first son was like the worst. Um, He would not sleep through the night, wake up screaming and crying all the time. It was, it was quite a struggle. And what worked for me was this having them in the bed with me, I think maybe gave them a sense of security and stuff like that. But I would love to pick your brain on this subject. And what is a great sleeping routine for, let's say, newborns? And what's a great sleeping routine for, you know, toddler kids?
1: Great question. And this goes all the way up to to adults. We all thrive on having some sort of ritual before bed. And so the point is, is to prepare our bodies and our brains for what's coming next so that we anticipate sleep. And so we all love that ritual. You can start it with a newborn and then all the way up. So first of all, uh, with newborns, it's a little bit different. They go to bed later. There's going to be some flex on bedtimes all the way through infancy because you're so focused on awake time. How long has your baby been awake? For yeah. the most part, our bodies want to go to bed and wake up within a 30-minute window so that we're always doing that same time and we get our body clock set. Um, for a newborn, I would say the ideal bedtime routine is about 30 minutes. This mm-hmm. may or may not include a feed. It just depends on how long it takes a baby to eat. And then you have somewhere between five and seven steps that are happening in the same order every single night. Okay. Um, if you're really wanting your child to have the security to fall asleep independently, I would put that feed in the middle of the bedtime routine. Okay. So for a newborn, it might look something like, um, a bathroom wipe down. And then, you know, maybe you do, if you do any sort of lotion, massage, jammies, diaper, that whole thing, the feed swaddle, maybe a little bit of singing and then, you know, into a little bit of drowsiness and then into the yeah. bassinet or wherever they're sleeping. Um, And then as the older a baby gets, the earlier you put that feed to just give them the security. But you really want the same steps every single night, the time frame about 30 minutes. And when you get into the toddler years, maybe a little bit longer just because they're chatty, but maybe 10 more minutes, 30 to 40 minutes. Um, And at this point, one of the biggest, I guess, pieces of advice I could give about a toddler's bedtime routine is pick the number of books you're going to read and never change it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like that piece of advice and then making sure the bath is never more than 10 minutes is going to be what keeps you in that 30 to 40 minute bedtime routine.
0: Yeah. So I have a question. How do you get a kid to sleep through the night?
1: It's about teaching them to fall asleep without relying on something external. And so that something external might be a feed, a pacifier, um, somebody, I've had babies or children that need to like touch mom's hair or something, you know, all sorts of things. Yeah. We might need um, whatever it is external that they need, which would be called a sleep prop. We're trying to get them to learn to be comfortable without that. And so once they're out of the newborn phase, making sure they're fully awake and alert when you put them to bed so that they're drifting off to sleep on their own, they're making that journey on their own. If they're not, Let's say, for example, they're relying on the pacifier to get to sleep. One 45-minute sleep cycle, pacifier might fall out. They then wake up, look for the pacifier to be able to get back to sleep. And so they can't link sleep cycles without whatever they had initially to fall asleep.
0: Yeah, I know. I know with my my little one, um, I always have to like put the passy back in his mouth because I guess I'm making him have a sleep aid. You pay
1: you play the passy game all night. Yeah. I know
0: I do. I wake up and I'm like, oh, put the passy and go back to sleep. I mean, we're already leaps and bounds from my first one. But like, how do you train the like what is like a trick that a mom can do like to get the baby to like not have to have that passy? Like do you rub the back or you just kind of drop them in there and you walk out for five minutes and come back in. Like what's your philosophy on
1: crying it out or that's Whatever. a great question on the crying because most babies are going to have some form of protesting. Yeah. And so as a sleep consultant, what I do is I teach parents to interact with their child while they're on this learning curve. Okay. And so I want parents to reassure, to comfort their child. They might be in the room. They might be doing some form of leave and check. But when you're changing a lot about a way a child falls asleep, they're going to be frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I really come from the camp of, They're allowed to show their emotions. They're allowed to be frustrated. And I want parents to be there with them or supporting them in some way. But I teach families how to do it without overstimulating them. And it's that overstimulation that typically prevents them from getting comfortable falling asleep.
0: Can you give an example of overstimulation, like what that would look like?
1: Sure. So if you are constantly in there touching them, talking to them, they're not going to find their journey into sleep. And yeah. so backing away and giving a little bit of space, whether you're in the room or not, but just back away, give them an opportunity to do this. Yeah. And you yeah. might set a timer. Maybe it's a three minute timer. Maybe it's a 10 minute timer, depending on your comfort level and the baby's age. Yeah. Um, but you also have so much to look for in the day. Like, did they get too much daytime sleep? Too little daytime sleep? Are they awake enough? They're, you have to take in the whole picture.
0: Yeah. So with my oldest, he still sleeps in the bed with me. How do you help parents transition from co-sleeping to independent in their room, you know, not waking up in the middle of the night, screaming like, where's mom? You know, because I'm afraid. That's very different
1: happens. for a baby versus, I believe you said four, right? Your yeah. older son is four. Because at four years old, it's much more about getting them comfortable and secure and boundary work. So they got to know where the boundary is and it needs to be crystal clear for them. And then they need to practice, practice, practice. It's like anything with parenting. Um, so at this age, this preschool age, I do a lot to try to get them on board and excited. And it often works well when a third party comes in because it's like pleasing the teacher. At preschool, they do so much more than they're going to do for their parents. Just- yeah, Please, the teacher deal. So I come in, get involved with the child. We do, you know, good behavior charts and we do incentives and um, um, Zenimal is an amazing product, which is a meditation tool for kids this age. It's awesome. So there's all sorts of tips and tricks, but it's about consistency It's about patience, because this is not going to happen in like two or three nights with the same. No, it's not. And it's about very clear boundaries and letting, reminding them regularly. My favorite tools for that are role play. Kids think it's hilarious when you pretend to be them and get in their bed and kind of walk them through the do's and don'ts. It's a kinesthetic and visual learning tool. And then every single night I go through questions with them or have the parents. Like, what do we do if I wake up in the middle of the night? Do I come out of the room and go to mom and dad's room or do I hug my blankie? Hug your blankie. How do you know when it's morning? My green light turns on. It's all about consistency.
0: Yeah. Um. With that being said, do you, Um. I'm sorry, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here, but do you believe in like them picking out like their own night lights and, and things like that? Like kind of like giving
1: them that, independence totally and, and yeah. that you it's know. such a helpful trick um it's like in a, in a way we're kind of like stripping away all their power right so we need to put it back in there and yeah. choices is the number one thing so laying out two pairs of pajamas they pick one laying out four books they pick two and absolutely having something new like the new nightlight or um, a new sleep buddy can be so helpful
0: yeah, um, kind of going back to what you were saying, like you kind of come in, you're the third party. If someone were to, um, you know, want to work with you, do they have to be in the area, or do you do things like virtually, virtually. Um, to kind of help?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do do in-person stuff, okay, in the Ventura and Santa Barbara area, but yeah, I have families in Amsterdam and Kuwait and you know, in Michigan. It's crazy, but. I guess COVID opened up the world, right? Like right. I know it is
0: crazy. <laughs> the technology and stuff. I mean, I think, yeah, when COVID happened, a lot of people, I think, sat back and analyzed their life and, you know, how can we do things differently? Some people lost a lot. Some people gained a lot. I mean, no. it's just, I mean, I feel like we're still on this roller coaster ride <laughs> and it's not over yet.
1: No, it's not. We're all still learning how to make it work. <laughs>
0: Um, awesome. So what other things do you think parents should know, whether it's for a toddler or for a newborn, what are the, the important keys that someone should know when doing their whole sleep training, um, endeavor?
1: I would say the most important thing is to know your child's sleep needs and not as something as a new mom, I had no idea how much kids need to sleep, how much babies need to sleep. So know how many hours, like most, kids, newborns are a little different, but babies and older kids need between 10 and 12 hours of nighttime sleep. And a lot of them aren't getting that. And if it's not consolidated, unfragmented sleep, they are not getting the amazing benefits of sleep. Mm -hmm. Our bodies, our kids continue to learn their brains process what they've learned, their um, emotions regulate, like the list of the magic that happens when our kids sleep is phenomenal. So know how much your kids sleep, how much kids need to sleep, but also know how much time they should be awake before their bodies need to sleep.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of that, what, um, I had a thought, I had a question. Um, what do you feel like, so should like my four-year-old almost four-year-old still be napping? Because if he, when he naps, then he doesn't go to sleep until like 11 o'clock at night. But when he doesn't nap, I can get him to bed by like seven 30 and then he'll sleep, you know, all the way through until about like six 30. Like what are are your, do they, should he still be napping? So
1: most kids stop napping. Yeah. It's that most kids stop napping between three and four, but there are some four-year-olds that are going to nap. If that happens, because most, this is what most families look for they're like well my child still falls asleep in the afternoon he's super tired so I shouldn't get rid of the nap if bedtime is a battle or your child isn't getting the necessary amount of sleep at night it's time to cap the nap or stop the nap nighttime sleep is much more important yeah. and so yes i would absolutely in your case either cap the nap or drop the nap so that he is going to bed at 7:30 sleeping to 6:30 11 hours of nighttime sleep amazing if you cut that and put him to bed at 11 because his body's not built up enough sleep pressure it's not getting all of that amazingness that he needs from nighttime sleep
0: yeah and what's your philosophy on like a sleep aid like a kid's like melatonin or like a sleep spray like do you think that that hinders a kid or what are your thoughts because sometimes I give my kids some sleep spray
1: (laughs) When you say sleep spray, like I have definite thoughts about melatonin. What's in sleep spray?
0: So I have this. My friend sells this Arbon sleep well vegan sleep spray. What's in it? Um, it has chamomile and valerian root, and oh, it's
1: pr- so probably just like calming oils. Yeah, it's like patients.
0: calming. I mean, and it has. Yeah. I mean, just like I give like a little half of spray and sometimes it really helps them like relax, you know? Um, Oh gosh. Yeah.
1: Depending on each individual essential oil, like, you know, you'd have to like do your research, make sure it's all safe, all that good stuff. Um, It's probably maybe going to help them relax, but it's not going to like get them to sleep and keep them asleep most likely. So yeah, if it works, melatonin, I don't recommend. And there's two reasons for kids. Uh, The first is that essentially, melatonin might get your child to sleep, but it's not going to help them sleep through the night. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of putting a band aid on the problem instead of teaching them to fall asleep comfortably so that they can get back to sleep when they wake up. Yeah. The second thing is, is, um, because it's not approved by the FDA, it's not regulated by the FDA. You might think you're doing three milligrams, but really it could be much more than that. And you really don't know what you're getting.
0: Yeah. I feel like sometimes melatonin increases nightmares.
1: Interesting. I don't know. I've not heard that, but I really wonder the thing with melatonin is there's not a lot of research on it. Yeah. And, um, there is some thoughts that it could affect the pituitary gland gland, but not proven. Yeah. It isn't proven, but
0: yeah. I mean, I feel like I've I've kind of relied on this, but I mean, he can fall asleep without it. And it kind of brings me back. Like, what is your take on like the iPad? like laying in bed with an ipad like that's obviously it's like the
1: worst thing for sleep for
0: like, right you know, i know it's, it's like everybody. what what can you do to like replace that because i feel like kids it's are dental. so attached to these damn ipads
1: yeah and for adults too like ideally and i don't do this for myself ideally there's no screen time one to two hours before falling asleep at night because the blue light exposure lowers our melatonin levels our melatonin okay helps us get to sleep, not stay asleep necessarily, but get to sleep. And so an ideal sleep environment is a dark room, very cool, 68 to 72 degrees um, and quiet, like pitch black, no blue light. So I would say stay off of iPads, 100%. It's gotta be moved to another time of day. yeah. Um, Allowing your, this sounds so cheesy, but if you teach your child to have a great relationship with sleep, like they can fall asleep without the iPad. They can fall asleep independently on their own and comfortably and sleep the appropriate amount of time. It is the best gift you could ever give them something that's going to benefit them for life. So ditch the iPad, put a boundary on it. Like we only do it after nap or we only do it after school or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Zenimal is a child kind of, um, like it's a little turtle and it's, a kid can manipulate it, but it has no screen. So there's no blue light exposure and it's got bedtime stories. It's got meditation for kids. And what is this preschool. again? It's called a Zenimal. Z-E-N. A, oh, a Zenimal.
0: Okay, cool. Zenimal, like
1: animal, but Zen. Zenimal. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and how does it work again? Long Beach, so it's close to you. How does it work again? Because it, uh, it's like a can you I I it? Me at, both my kids have one. So it's a little turtle and it's got like a silicone cover over it okay. and a little card. So there, could, there are nine meditations on each card. So your kid can turn it on, choose the meditation they want. Deep breathing, empathy, sleep. Like there's all sorts that's great for the whole day. Um, and you can incorporate it into your bedtime routine. So your okay. child is learning to get comfortable and calm as a part of the bedtime routine.
0: Yeah. That sounds good. And it's like a turtle. That's really cool. I got to yeah, check that really out
1: because
0: I need to remove the iPad. Cause I do have yeah. an issue with the iPad. Cause it's kind of like, okay, let's lay down. You have your iPad and then sure, it
1: becomes a crutch, but it's actually very stimulating to their mind and it's making it harder to fall asleep because of the yeah.
0: yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I got to take it away. You got to go to sleep and then he'll cry and then he'll lay there and then he, he'll, he'll go to sleep. But sure. I mean, so those it's...
1: changes can be hard to make.
0: Oh yeah, totally. I think the iPad's probably one of the hardest things because it's so addicting. And like, you know, we're addicted to our phones. I mean, we gotta lead by example. I mean, us yeah. laying in bed scrolling through the phone isn't gonna be
1: right a so, good
0: example for them. Like, they're like, Will you iPad. do it? <sighs> yeah.
1: Um
0: No, this is all great information. Um, So before I get into my four questions I have for you, is there anything else you'd like to touch on that we may have missed about sleeping and what parents should know?
1: I think just knowing that if you're not, if somebody in your family isn't getting great sleep, you can absolutely make changes. And I think parents often feel that once they're out of that baby phase, they've missed the boat and they haven't. And you can make changes to your own sleep. You know, there's so many adult sleep consultants out there. So if you're struggling with sleep, reach out. There's help. You know, whether you're doing it yourself, reading a book, you're hiring somebody. Um, it takes a village. And I think sleep is something that's overlooked when we have babies. It's like breastfeeding and swaddling and all the things we learn about. And we don't learn about sleep. And then it rocks your world. So oh, just yeah. do something about it if what's going on in your house isn't working for you.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I know when I had my first son, it totally rocked my world. And I think it only got, I mean, now I feel like I'm getting more sleep, but I'd only get up to like four hours of sleep a night, if
1: that. Oh my gosh. No, you need seven to nine, (laughs) seven to nine. I know. Yeah,
0: no, I'm literally running on fumes like every day.
1: (laughs) I'm going to put you to bed. (laughs) I
0: I know. I need
1: you. I need (laughs) you in my life. (laughs) Give yourself a bedtime. Like we need the same structure as adults. Like I make yeah. my phone go off at 9 15. And it's like, okay, you're like no more screen time. You're preparing your body for sleep. It's like you just is to create the habit.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like as women, like we could be doing one thing and we're thinking about like a 50 other things in our head that we have to get done. And it's like sometimes it's hard to like shut it down, you know? Like, yeah. It's I have, so I can't hard. go to sleep. There's a there's laundry here or, Oh, I needed to work on this thing. And Oh, Oh, the house is a mess or (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I get you. (laughs) I don't know, but you know, God made us (gasps) multitaskers for a reason, you know? I know. Um, okay. So I have four questions that I have for all my first time guests. And Mm -hmm. my first question to you is who and what
1: inspires you? I find inspiration from travel and I feel a little dead inside because I don't get to do it much anymore. But I think that's one of the things, um, before I had kids, I lived abroad multiple times and I feel so inspired by seeing something new or a new way of doing something and getting out of my element.
0: Yeah. Um, that actually reminds me because um, I, before COVID and I had my son, we would travel a lot with him. What advice do you have for parents traveling with young kids? Because I know it totally knocks the kids off the sleep schedule. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I'm in the boat I'm in oh, In yeah. terms of him sleeping. Like what advice do you have for parents traveling with children? And for sure,
1: that's a great question. And I have a whole blog post about like traveling with kids. I have another one on how do you stay in a hotel room with kids. There's two things I would say, oh, there's hard to pick, but a slumber pod, get a slumber pod if your child is is sleeping in their own sleep space. It's the best invention and my favorite thing to travel with.
0: I've never heard of that. It's like a
1: a sleep, it covers a pack and play or a toddler mattress. Oh, okay. It's made of, it's all safety approved blackout fabric. It's made by a mom and daughter duo that were on Shark Tank. Uh, it's blackout fabric so you could be in a hotel room have it over your pack and play or toddler mattress and you could have the lights on be on your phone and they can't see the light this also serves as a visual barrier Uh because having um seeing the adults in the room makes it really hard for a child to fall asleep so slumber pod um and then i would say staying consistent 80% of time with the schedule while you're traveling and not pushing it much past that. And if you're doing big time zone changes, getting sunlight within the first 10 minutes of waking up to help set the circadian rhythm is huge. And then you jump into the new time zone as quickly as possible.
0: Okay. Yeah. Those are good little tips. Um, Okay. So back to my questions again. So uh, question number two is what is something you wished you knew when
1: you were younger? <laughs> the comparison is the thieves of joy or whatever that saying is. Um, I think as I'm into my 40s now, I'm just realizing like stop comparing myself to others. Yeah. Yeah. Only compare myself to my past self. And be yeah, one. exactly. Yeah. You can only,
0: I know sometimes we we get stuck on um, comparing and especially the world we live in now. And it's it's With, hard not yeah, to get the media
1: in your face all the time. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I wish I knew that when I was younger too.
1: (laughs) I teach my kids. I don't think they're listening.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay. So question number three is what's the essential part of your daily routine?
1: Ooh, my morning miracle, which I read the book morning miracle. I get up before everybody else and I just start my day with a meditation journaling with gratitude and kind of some visualization with what I want and my biggest takeaway from doing that is that I don't I'm not the nicest person when I start my day by serving others I need to serve myself first
0: yeah and that's good that you recognize that and I, I've heard of the morning miracle it's like you wake up
1: you you meditate you journal you work totally. out and I don't do all of, I just took what I liked, but I did it for yeah. 30 days and then I took what I liked and sometimes I do it for an hour and sometimes I do it for 15 minutes, just giving myself something for me at the beginning of the day.
0: Yeah. I know. I always like go to bed with the thought, like, I'm going to wake up at five in the morning and I'm <laughs> going to like get my shit together. And then it's like the kid wakes up at five and crying. And then I'm like, just too tired. Or, you know, I uh, always, yeah.
1: well, if you're going on four hours of sleep, like, oh, <laughs> <Four laughs> it's a lot better seven now. Hours, and then do the morning miracle. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we just get a little older. Um, and then my last question to you is the best advice you've ever received.
1: Oh my goodness. Um, the best advice I ever received. That's a hard one, Christina. I think, when I think of good advice, I think of my dad, but I don't know if he said any, you know what, this is what he told me when I was a kid. If There's something that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up, leave. Yes. And I think it's always gonna stuck with me.
0: That is don't, a good, you know. Trouble. You feeling the vibes, get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. I know. I remember that when I was younger, I'd like be hanging out somewhere and I'd be like, I just don't feel safe. I gotta get out of here.
1: Yeah. And I I think essentially what it is is just like trust your gut feelings because it means something. And I really believe that we have intuition. Oh yeah, we, we definitely, definitely do. And so like, I think a lot of times we push it down and don't listen to it. Yeah.
0: There's been plenty of times where that has bitten me in the butt and mom intuition is like so real and so true. Like I remember I had this babysitter when I had my first son and, um, she would always be at the house when I was there during the day, but I let her at night so I can go out with my husband or whatever And I just had a feeling about her. And of course that feeling was right. I came home and she was like drugged out on my couch. Oh Uh, my God. Yeah. I had to like shake her and I was like really traumatized. (laughs) I was, it was, yeah, it was very, I found her like on a reputable website. I'm not going to give the website name or anything like that, but I, I spoke to them and she got kicked off the thing and it was, it was pretty crazy, but your mom gut is real if you have a bad feeling about someone just get them out of your house and just don't have them watch your kids you know don't learn I the hard feel way
1: <laughs> feel like you need to apologize because we always rationalize it with oh that's going to be embarrassing or I shouldn't you know yeah why I'm like who am, am I that? she
0: hasn't done anything but I just had this feeling um but I kept suppressing it you know
1: yes. I totally agree
0: yeah and then you learn the hard way but mm-hmm. you know uh, God bless her. She has her, she, it's, it's fine. You know what I mean? Everything's good. I just hope she gets the help that she needs because I know. she obviously was struggling with something. Right. Um, but anyway, um thank you so much again for coming on are there any last words and i want to let the audience know that i have all of her information andy's information down below in the show notes if you would like to reach out to her um, and work with her if you have any questions on sleeping and your children um but do you have anything last words before we go
1: i think if anyone has any questions a great way is to hop on my instagram page on tuesdays i do a q a in my stories and it's a great way to just get a quick question answered so Start there if you have a little sleep
0: question. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andy. And thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you in the next one.